Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. We are less than a week away from the NFL trade deadline, and we saw one trade today, and we found out one trade that probably isn't going to happen. Uh, The Texans send Mark Ingram back to the New Orleans Saints, much to the chagrin of teammate Brandon Cooks, who uh, tweeted out after the news of the the trade, this is such blank, blank, such a joke. Now, look, likely he could be referring to the fact that the Texans went out of their way to say, hey, what a great addition to the locker room he is. Mark Ingram is one of our leaders. Oh, yeah, but we'll we'll trade him anytime we need to. So uh, Brandon Cook's not happy with the Mark Ingram trade, but what do you expect? You got got four over 30 running backs. I mean, you know, 
You don't need all four of them. You can trade one of them. It's okay. Uh, so with that's the first trade that we've seen this week. Uh, but the one we're not going to see is Carolina has backed out of the Deshaun Watson pursuit. Remember, they were hot and heavy a day ago, and, and they were in the mix. Hey, they wanted Deshaun Watson a long time ago, and now that it looks like he could be traded, Carolina was back in, and now Carolina is back out. They officially are not going to trade for him, which leaves the Deshaun Watson suitors down a couple. Now, why did this happen? The first reason is I'm sure he probably told them I don't want to go there. Right. He wants to go Drawn from consideration for this coaching yeah. position. They told you to beat it. Yeah. Same Listen, thing. <laughs> hey, I'd, we'd like to. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Because why else, when you were so hot after him for so long, are you suddenly backing away? It's because he said, I don't want to go there. I want to go to Miami. He wants to control his destination, and he's put all his chips in on this is where I want to go. I want to go to this rebuilding team that's going to have a new coach and doesn't really have any weapons. That's where I want to be. I'm going to Miami. So this is where he wants to go. So clearly, Carolina, the cost is also too large, not no knowing what it was going to be. So th- this is, you know, th- this this was a, a far long shot and now they're out of it. Now, the big thing takes you now that hey, here's Miami who has said we don't want to bid against ourselves and 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 the Texans are still holding fast to their three first round picks and the second round picks and the players and the Kings ransom they wanted a long time ago. And this is where Houston's got to decide what kind of poker they want to play. Um you know, because Miami is really wants to make this deal, and according to all reports, they have the agreement there, but they got to make sure that his legal issue is solved, and it ain't getting solved by next Tuesday. So, it really, can you really think there's going to be a trade? I, I think when when it comes down to it, Miami might say, "Well, if we don't know what his legal situation is going to be, we're going to give you a lot less." And then the Texans have to decide how much do we want to gamble here? Do we want to play poker and do we want to make a deal for less now, not knowing the legal outcome, or do we want to gamble and wait and see what we can get if he does get exonerated by the law and he can play? Because then we'll get what we want. Then we'll get the first round picks. Then we'll get the players. We'll have a bidding war against them because many teams would love to get in for Deshaun. Watson if they knew that his legal situation was going to be taken care of. And so I got to think at this point, the trade deadline is going to come and go on Tuesday and Deshaun Watson's going to stay a Texan because if, if it's the one team and, and it's not going to be quite the offer they want to, they've already sat him down this long. They can sit him down for the end of the year. They can wait and see what happens. And if something happens to him, they won't be on the hook for his salary. So at least there's that. They'll at least be free from that. They're not going to get anything in a trade for him. But if he does wind up being able to play in the NFL, they'll get what they want. So I, I, I got to think in the end, it's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of drama and you're going to hear names and teams, but it's going to come down to we've held on to him this long. We may not get the price we want now because of his legal situation. We're going to wait and we're going to do it in the offseason. We're going to get more because it's not going to help our team now. So let's go do let Let's just wait. And when it passes on Tuesday, he'll still be a Texan. Yeah, because you have the 10 criminal complaints and the 22 uh, civil complaints that are out there, the allegations, and, and there's been a lot of discussion uh, this past week when you start trying to figure out, you know, for for Ross in Miami and, and anybody else that would want to, 
come into the to the mix as you have the owners meetings and so many storylines coming out of that but but certainly here you know you you want as as great a clarification as you can before you start committing first round draft picks and certainly a, a giant mountain of money uh by acquiring him uh and hoping that he'll be ready for you you know part of it with the settlements is where are they in any of that because remember months ago was well he's not entertaining that because he's you know still saying i i vehemently deny these allegations well you know the a settlement doesn't imply that you're guilty even though many would read it that way but it's the at some point there's a, a cost benefit analysis to moving forward right from a legal process from a professional process and, and your personal life moving on to the next phase and, and i think for Stephen ross and for others they they'd love to know that those were somewhere near the goal line. But with the trade deadline looming, if there are active negotiations, how much harder did they get because the deadline is on Tuesday? So that you might not get the movement in that respect that you were hoping, you know, at least that would be clarified. Whether the criminal complaints are still hanging in the balance, at least part of the equation would be solved. So uh, certainly over the next 48 to 72 hours, uh, we'll see if there's any movement. But I'm with you. I, I think he's most likely a Texan into deposition and all of that as we get towards the end of the season and into the new year. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The other quarterback who really (laughs) is at the end of his run, he's got one chance left to reclaim the starting job or... This is going to be it, and he'll lose it at some point throughout the season, and then he's going to be on a different team a year from now, and that's Baker Mayfield. All right, Cleveland. he said today, he and now Tyshirt, you're right. You can play Good for the you. Thing. Hey, congratulations, yes, brownies. Man. You did it, Juice. Um, with his injury to his shoulder, he said he could absolutely play Sunday. He got most of the starters reps today at practice. Case Keenum got the reps with the twos. Uh, Baker Mayfield sees the writing on the wall. Right, as well as Case Keenum played in relief with no reps, the team knows we can get by the rest of 21 without Baker Mayfield. Maybe we'll be better without him. Now, it's not that he's playing badly, right? You look at Baker Mayfield, it's not like Baker Mayfield's right. playing like Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold. He's not playing poorly. He just hasn't made the jump that the other quarterbacks have. And while last year was a great year for him, I expect him to build on that, and through the first seven games, he has not. He kind of is the same quarterback. They need him to throw them to victory a little bit more often, especially when you don't know how much you can run the football, and he's not that guy. But when you see the other quarterbacks in the NFL, the jump they make from year one to year two or year two to year three, and you're saying, why is our guy not doing that? Kyler Murray made a jump. Why is our guy not doing that? Josh Allen made a jump. Why is our guy not doing that? Joe Burrow made a jump. Why is our guy not doing that? These are all guys taken to the top of drafts, all in the top 10. These are all players. Hey, understand why the guys not taking a jump are on different teams or they want out. Miami wants to get rid of Tua because he hasn't taken that leap, right? The Jets got rid of Darnold, and now the Panthers want to move on from Darnold. But if you're good, you need to see a little bit of that jump. And, and they're just looking around going, 
we're not getting that from him. And other teams are getting it from their guy. And he's our franchise quarterback. So it's not that he's playing awful because, look, I would take his play if I'm the Jets. He's, you know, he's middle of the pack. But when you're the number one overall pick and you are the next great superstar and you go out of your way to say, hey, look at me, overachiever, and you're just kind of okay, you don't take that leap in year three, it's going to be really short trip from there to the bench. If he plays poorly when he comes back and the Browns don't win, they will go to Case Keenum, and Keenum will keep that job the rest of the season. Right? You could see they had that little bit of extra oomph with Keenum out there, and part of that could be, hey, the backup quarterback is playing. we got to all step up a little bit, and that's, that's natural across the NFL. You get a little bit of that, oh, man, now we're really in trouble. I really got to focus. So that happens. But seeing the way the offense runs, you had a couple of players say, hey, there's, there's no no drop-off from Baker to Case Keenum. It was like, wait, what? No, no, no. We don't, we don't mean any slight to Baker. We just mean we like Case Keenum, too. You could see the writing on the wall there. He's got one chance left as Cleveland to be their quarterback, or it's over. And Keenum will be the quarterback the rest of 2021, and it'll be TBA for the Browns in 2022. He's got one chance left. It, sometimes it's that quick to go from, I'm a guy that's going to be here for a decade, to I maybe only have a couple of weeks left. Yeah, I mean, we go through Baker Mayfield, and he did make, uh, you know, because it, it, it is Halloween week, and I've been listening, being force-fed by my daughter, the Glee Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack. Uh, a lot of other uh, quarterbacks did the jump to the left. He just took the little step to the right. <laughs> and he did a good job in cutting down on his turnovers, right? Took the the jump is quarterback rating went up about 17 points but he cut his interceptions from 2019 from at 21 down to 8 last year completion percentage didn't jump a bunch only about 3% so not really a, the the big push this year in limited duty you're you're looking at 67% so you're at least uh, on the positive side QB rating a little bit higher but he's not the uh, electrifying force that you're looking for, especially when you're you're talking about him in the context of you have to pay him. You don't have to pay Case Keenum, right? It's the, all right, Baker and Keenum are probably, you know, not, not really much different in terms of what they, they're going to bring, particularly what Cleveland wants to do and what they do successfully when those running backs are, are going on their way. And even last week, we saw Ernest Johnson. Right, five minutes, seventeen seconds to close out against Denver. It was all him. Seven carries, fifty-two yards. He was fantastic, finding holes, dragging defenders. You name it, he did it and seized that opportunity. Well, the other guys are going to get healthy and they're going to get back to it. And what does that mean? They go back to the same formula: play defense, run the football, and have Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, whoever's there, make enough plays to extend drives, but not to take risks with the football and you can just as easily has have case keenum do that because right now baker mayfield's not the guy and we've seen it a couple times this year certainly in a couple times last year when it was all right you go out and make the big plays not that the numbers don't look good in the box score but he's not the guy making the big play it's usually been the running backs or the defenders and so for this year with such high expectations and the opportunity knocking yeah, I understand why he wants to get back on the field, even if physically he's nowhere close to being ready. He's going to get Wally pipped. I mean, it's it's not that far. It's not that far for him because of that. It's it, When you can't make that jump, 
you have to be able to be running a team that is seven and one and can win when you play well and can win when you when you don't play well. And the Browns are finding out that oh, when you build around a guy that's not your quarterback, if you get a couple of injuries here and there and, and you get a little bit of ineffectiveness and your quarterback isn't you know the guy that that can throw you to victory, you got to get another quarterback. And now it'll be back to the Browns saying, okay, now we got to build around a quarterback again because it's easier to do than to build a running attack around him and a bunch of wide receivers and offensive line. Sometimes, he, well, we'll just go get the quarterback. You know, it goes in cycles in the NFL. But, but that's, the, that's the part. I mean, if Baker Mayfield, I think, if it, I think he's got two games. I think he's got two games. If he stinks in the next two games and the Browns lose them both, they're going to go back to Case Keenum. But even if even if he's not, it's a, by week eleven, week twelve, like by the time we get into the middle of or the end of November, like Thanksgiving, it could wind up being Case Keenum's job. I mean, that's that's how much pressure he's under to get this going in the right direction right now. Well, not to mention physically, he's not right. I mean, look at the next two games; they're they're AFC North opponents. You're at Cleveland, and then you're 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 looking at a road game against Joe Burrow and those suddenly um, unstoppable Bengals, right? He's what the only guy with multiple touchdown passes every game this year, and obviously Jamar Chase rope doped everybody in the preseason. And even going out of those two games, you get the Patriots in Foxborough. They're they're not a bad team. Are they great? No. Uh, they looked great against your Jets, but the, that's a difficult game. So you could go three straight with defeats, and you got a banged-up quarterback. Yeah, Case Keenum, uh, stay warm. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it is now a final. The Astros even up the World Series at one game apiece. They beat the Braves 7-2 to on the strength of a four-run second inning, and they never look back. Sort of a 180-degree turn from game one. Joining us now on the hotline, the man who told us, I'm a big believer in the Astros. I believe in the Astros. I believe they will win game two. I'm confident in the Astros. He has also said he's confident in Michigan over Michigan State this weekend. So there is that. It is Fox Sports Radio and MLB Network insider John Palmarosi. JP, what's happening? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, Two running backs for Michigan, uh, better than one for Michigan State, even though the one for Michigan State might be better than the two for Michigan, but I digress. We had a great ball game today. The World Series is tied. Uh, Altuve, uh, after all the criticism of yesterday, too many first pitch swings. Hey, uh, he comes back and delivers in game two, as he often does. The thing about Altuve is he is only one swing away from a hot streak, especially in the postseason, uh, and he now has his team tied in the fall classic. You know, JP, watching this, I always say to myself, you know, what do I know about baseball? But I I know body language and I know attack and I know a team that 
game one seemed like they were searching for the attack, and game two, the Astros decided, screw it, we're just going to go out and we're going to do it. It was a much different, you could see they just had a different kind of jump, a different kind of energy to them in game two than game one. Did you see that? I, I did, and remember this. They had the uh, the longer layoff, which is part of the way that you get ready for a World Series. Sometimes the team with the longer layoff, they had spent a number of days at home in a row. Uh, of course, they closed out the ALCS at home. And I think sometimes you do get a little bit stale, and it takes you a game to get into the series. But a couple things stood out to me in this game. Number one, the strikeout of Soler to end the first inning with two men on by Rikidi was a huge out, and Rikidi really had his good stuff tonight. Seven strikeouts, no walks, and you saw he recorded strikeouts on three different types of pitches. Two fastballs, four change-ups, which of course was the case very effective against a lot of lefty batters, and then the one slider as well. So that, that out to me stood out. And then the second inning, the Astros, as Alex Cora observed during the last series, with men on base, they play like Hall of Famers. And you saw the pivotal inning of this game was the second inning. Five singles by the Houston Astros stringing those at-bats together. I think the speed of Jose Siri uh, forced Rosario to rush that throw in left field. That was an ill-advised play by, of course, the reigning NLCS MVP. But they were able to get four runs in that inning and never look back. A comfortable day, I think, for the Houston bullpen. I, I didn't love necessarily the idea of both Presley and Graven pitching, but I understand why Dusty did that. He wants to get them both a look at the series, settle in a little bit. They were both comfortable innings from the standpoint of the Houston Astros. So all things considered, Houston has to feel very, very optimistic, especially when considering the now absence of Charlie Morton from this series. Rosario goes 0 for 4, has the error that you spoke of. Altuve hits a home run off Smiley, who hadn't pitched since the 20th. And then before that, on the second, so uh, not that that run matters, but we, you know, we kind of circle that one as it goes. But from Max Fried to go five innings after that awful second, uh, he gutted up and at least kept them uh, within a puncher's chance, so they didn't have to burn too much bullpen. So uh, how much does that inform how we head forward, JP? Well, the Braves need a huge effort from Ian Anderson. He has to be good in Game 3. And when you consider the way that that three-game segment works in Atlanta, it's crucial to have that first start of the three give you some length. And Anderson has not been someone who's given the Braves a ton of length. Garcia, of course, was erratic in Game 2 of the ALCS, and he came back with the mechanical adjustment in Game 6 and was magnificent. So for me, game three, the story is going to be how many innings can either starter give you. I I think that both of them actually have a good chance to to give their team some length, and I believe that both managers will be inclined to let them do so. We saw Brian Snitker do that today with Freed because he knew he had the off day coming back, and it just makes sense to give that, that rotation a little bit of length to build some uh, a bit of a fortification there in Game 3, especially because you don't want to have to go to your pen extensively in Game 4 and then again in Game 5. And remember, the Braves, they don't really have a, a clear-cut Game 4 starter. Maybe it's Kyle Wright based on how he pitched tonight. But then Game 5 is a spot that used to belong to Morton. So all of a sudden, the mathematics, as great as the Braves looked 24 hours ago, the, the mathematics of this series and the pitching – I really believe now start to favor the Houston Astros. 
Yeah, because that's the thing, JP, is that you go from, all right, the Braves figured we this is going to be our strength coming into the NLCS and the World Series is our pitching. And in, in one day, they lose Charlie Morton for the playoffs, and now here's Max Fried, who's the guy they want on the mound. And the last two times they have wanted him on the mound, he has been terrible. He was bad against the Dodgers. He was bad tonight. I don't know how the Braves navigate this from here. You know, as, as you lay it out, it's, it's, it's a lot of where like Brian Snicker is going, well, I hope this happens. I hope we get this from Ian Anderson. I hope we get this in game four. I hope we get it. There's a lot of hoping. You know, I feel like Dr. Phil. There's a lot of hoping and, and we got it, but I'm not seeing a lot of we are. You know, I mean, the, it, I, I, it's hard for me to see a way forward for the Braves because of what the last two nights have been in the pitching department. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think either team at this point is going to reel off three wins in a row in Atlanta. And, and so I, I, you, you got the tenor of the conversation. I think Joe Buck even alluded to it as well. Uh, this, is, this is not the feeling of a lightning round type of World Series. This is going to be a World Series that I think goes six or seven. And, and the Braves, they can do it, but they need someone to deliver, and it has to be Anderson, a start to, to reset and refocus and, and pivot the series back in their favor. He has to be great in Game 3. Just like the Astros needed Valdez to be great in Game 5 of the ALCS, we've now already arrived at a pivot point here in this series. And also, don't forget, the Astros have to deal with a reconfigured outfield now that they have to uh, find ways to get Jordan Alvarez in the lineup, they have to find ways to maybe put Kyle Tucker in center field, Brantley in a corner. It's not ideal losing the DH there. Now, of course, the Braves have had Solaire as the DH, and he's been a great contributor to them. So it will affect both teams. It's going to affect the Astros more. So never forget, the Braves have the strategic rules advantage, if you will, by going to the NL Park, even though I agree that the, the starting rotation and this, the, the pitching depth discussion now decidedly favors the Houston Astros. And as you tweeted out uh, some one half hour ago, JP, at John Morosi on Twitter, leave out the H, J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I on Twitter. Uh, joining us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, nine innings pitched thus far, just one earned run from that Astros yeah. bullpen. So right now, uh, pulling the strings perfectly is Dusty Baker. Uh, just the question, since all these guys are getting uh, a lot of work, are we going to see a position player uh, pitch during the World Series? That's just my own uh, <laughs> gratification. Oh, that's a good question. I I would say no. Uh, I don't think we'll see it. Alex Bregman thinks he can pitch. I know that. He's (laughs) talked about that before. I don't think we'll see Alex Bregman pitch in this World Series. I I think Jose Siri probably thinks he could. He plays with a ton of energy, and I I love that. I I think we're seeing a couple uniquely constructed clubs um, that, that have different components, and we saw Dusty make the move to get Siri in the lineup. We'll see what happens in Game 3. Jock Peterson's got a great arm. Jock could probably pitch if he had to as well. I'll tell you, JP, two things we are moving forward and moving towards in Major League Baseball, albeit at a slower rate. Game 7 of the World Series on Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. and a position player starting a playoff game at pitcher. We're moving to it's, it's going to happen at some point. Both those things are going to happen. <laughs> as an opener, huh? Interesting. Yeah, as an opener. We're well, a position player as an opener in a playoff game. It's, position it's going to happen. player opener. Yes. Could happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it, listen, we have seen so many things happen in this sport in, in recent years. Uh, I rule out almost nothing in Major League Baseball, but what I rule in is 
we're going to have a great World Series. I know we haven't had late-inning drama in either game. The, the decisive run in this game was scored in the second inning. The decisive run on, in game one was in the first inning. Effectively, the Braves never trailed after that. But I, I, I think we're, we're headed for some late drama. NL rules always bring out the most dramatic games as well. So stay tuned, my friends. Well, we've got some late drama coming in game three. JP, I know uh, we'll have plenty of time to revisit this. I mean, he's a young man in this process. Uh, but Altuve, as you put a, at the start, you know, hitting that home run off Smiley. Yes. It's tied with Bernie Williams for the second most postseason home runs in MLB history with 22 now. Given the extension of the playoffs, longer series, all of these things, what does it mean? I, to me, he is one of the great postseason performers of his time. Now, I realize, uh, I must acknowledge, there is the asterisk, if you will, of 2017 and and uh, the thoughts about what that season represented and what we know, obviously, about science stealing subsequent to that. But you've got to credit the way he has remained productive. He's someone that, again, he can have a bad game. And the next day comes back, as he does today, two extra base hits, and looks like he's as locked in as ever. I really think that for all the, the noise justified around this team, going back to 2017 and the fallout from that year, he is someone who truly has the best mentality that you could ask to have of a postseason baseball player. You think about the defensive struggles he had last year. He seemed to overcome that. He made errors in the ALCS. Seemed to overcome that. He has the, the, the whatever you want to say, defensive back, hockey goaltender, short-term memory for Altuve, and so he, he really does seem at ease in the in the big spot. And we, I love the reports from Tom Verducci about changing his bat. He, the, the answer for him is never that he's not good enough. The answer is something's got to change. Change the bat, change the mentality, whatever it is, he does it. So uh, one of the great playoff performers of his time, uh, controversial, sure, but uh, as they say. Check the numbers, and the numbers say that he is one of the greats. He's on Twitter, at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports Radio, a baseball insider. All right, JP, uh, just in case, I want you to give me your score right now. Michigan, Michigan State, what is it this weekend? Michigan, 20. Michigan State, 17. A classic game at Spartan Stadium goes down to the final drive. Cade McNamara brings Michigan down to kick the go-ahead winning field goal with under a minute left to win it 2017 at Spartan Stadium. Nicely done. Sparty plus the points is what JP says. Full service. What what is the spread right now? Four and a half. So Michigan's favored by four and a half? Yeah. Yeah, last I looked, yeah. I I would say it's going to be closer than that. So I I think that's a good call. I'm saying Michigan wins by three. All right, there's JP. So inside the number – He's taking the Wolverines. All right, very nice. JP, as always, thank you very much, my friend. And if the Mets, I, I had no idea I, that I possessed expertise in, in, uh, in talking about the point spread, but there you have it. <laughs> that That's was really right. nicely done. <laughs> I appreciate hey, it. Thank the, you very much. When the Mets hire President of Baseball Ops, we'll call you right back. Yeah, I'll let you know. At this rate, it might be you, Jason Smith. <laughs> so uh, when, when you get the job, call me. I'll, interv- I'll interview you live on your show okay. before you take the job. I, li- I think that's a good idea. And then I'm going to hire you because I-, I was going to want to talk baseball with you all day. So that'll be great. My title special assistant for late night baseball conversation. Yeah, special assistant to the regional manager. Yes, that's what it's going to be. Thank-, <laughs> thank you very much. Take <laughs> See it you, JP. JP. Well, the guys, you, thanks buddy. for the conversation, as always. <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. 
Russell Westbrook with a quadruple double for the Lakers. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. 20 points, <laughs> 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 10 turnovers. The quadruple double for Russell Westbrook. And, oh, by the way, the game ends in a typical Russell Westbrook experience way with the Lakers down five and just a few seconds left to go in the game. The Lakers are inbounding the ball. Look, there's four seconds left. The game is over. Uh, they throw it into midcourt. Darius Baisley, who should still be playing at Syracuse, uh, intercepts the ball and goes in for an <laughs> uncontested dunk with nobody guarding him. Hey, here's an easy couple of points for me. And look, Baisley had a nice night tonight. You know, he scored 20. Maybe he knew he had 18. He wanted to get to 20. Hey, no, um, the, the, there's no doubt that that's part of the uh, the process, right? Because <laughs> what do we talk about? How many 20-point games do you have You know, when you're trying to figure out a guy's rotational worth? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So he goes in for the dunk, and right after it happens, Russell Westbrook is not happy. Goes over to Baisley right away, gets in his face. Uh, They have to be separated. Westbrook gets his second technical foul of the night, so he is ejected. Got ejected. He got ejected. Got ejected. Nobody got arrested, as far as you know. Uh, after the game, Westbrook talked about why uh, Baisley's play had set him so off. What were your thoughts on the ejection? It is what it is. I don't feel like he got the first tag, honestly. The first one wasn't even a tag. Uh, the last one was a tag that's cool, but just how I play the game, you know, I take it on the chin and move on. But, you know, the game of basketball, certain things you just don't do. Like in baseball, you know, flip the bat and certain things you just don't do in certain in sports. Game already over, and I didn't like it. Simple as that. All right, well, first of all, he hasn't watched too many baseball games because everybody flips the bat. But I get what he's saying, that, A, you don't do things to rub it in when you've won the game. And with the game over, he could have dribbled out the last couple of seconds, but instead he goes in for his thunderous dunk. Look, he's 21 years old, and he clearly is tr- still trying to figure out what it means to be an NBA player. But this is about the Russell Westbrook experience. This is why I am here for this, Mike Harmon. This was a night where Russell Westbrook played great. He also played bad. He also showed leadership. He got ejected. The Lakers blew a 26-point lead. It's the first time they've blown a 25-point lead or more in 25 years. And it's this is the Russell Westbrook experience, man. And sign me up for it because it's awesome. It, you know, it's one thing if the Lakers just start beating everybody. That's no fun. And if the Lakers just stink, that's no fun. No, I need this rocky ride for a while while LeBron is out and the Lakers are trying to figure out their offense. I am here for every second of the Russell Westbrook experience. This is what the NBA season really should be about. I mean, this and the Knicks. This should should be (laughs) what the NBA season is about because every night you have no idea what's going to happen. How are things going to go? What's Westbrook going to say? What's he going to do? How is he going to play? Is he going to win the game? Is he going to cost you the game? What is LeBron going to say after? Yes, the Russell Westbrook experience is everything you want in the NBA this season. Well, that's just it. If it goes according to form and, you know, super team put together and and they're just rolling over squads and it works right away, then where the hell's the fun in it? Right? I mean, then we got 82 games. You got to go all the way through mid-April with things working properly. Ah, that's boring as hell. Uh, We'll have injury questions. We'll have snippiness with the media. We'll have little blow-ups with Darius Baisley after a quadruple double. 
that fourth category, still a, a, not quite the bonus round there. Uh, that's not hitting the money ball in a three-point shootout, which none of those guys could hit a three-pointer, by the way, down the stretch. I mean, you want to talk about pressure. You know, we always joke after one of Madeline's soccer games, there's one or two things that you'll be able to really point out that it's like, hey, this is going to be the point of uh, emphasis on Tuesday's practice, so get ready. So like one one week it looked like they were get a little bit gassed. Guess what you're doing Tuesday? You're gonna run. <laughs> you're gonna run. Sure enough, they ran. <laughs> uh, you know they had another game where they had opportunity after opportunity, just didn't finish. I go. Guess what you're doing Tuesday? You're gonna finish all gonna finishing, finishing drills. That's all oh, yeah. it was for an oh, hour yeah. and a half. And it's like so this week. What do you think you're doing? It's like. <laughs> More finishing drills. Exactly. So, <laughs> same, same thing here. T- tomorrow, it's going to be, all right, like you did in your backyard. Five, four, three, putting up three-point shots. <laughs> Run it back to six seconds this time. All right. Mello, you're up now. And it's just going to keep doing doing that all, all for a practice. As for Westbrook and the end of that experience, it's it's is it a huge deal? Nah, I just kind of like the the fact that he's the get off my lawn old guy at this point in his career. Say this is how we do things. You do it the right way. And I've always been a big proponent of until there's you know zeros on the clock in any sport or the final pitch has been thrown in a major league game. You keep trying to score. If you don't want to try to defend anymore, then walk off the court. And then you face, you know, Isaiah Thomas, like ridicule and, and all of those kind of things. Uh, but it, it's you're still out there, then whatever. Go give him a hard foul then. <laughs> but, you know, to, to say you didn't like it, I, I kind of dig that part of it. But, you know, go go play defense. Oh, wait, you guys don't. <laughs> now, the, to widen this out a bit, okay, Everything is still going to be fine for the Lakers as long as they allow Westbrook to run the offense, right? This is why you got him. I've been saying it for the last week. I don't know why Frank Vogel is bent on saying, oh, he's got to fit into our system. No, this is why you got him. You didn't get him to be a shell of who he is by standing on the wing. You could have got anybody to do that. You didn't have to make a big trade. or You could have got anybody to go stand on the wing and be a part-time point guard. They will be okay. The big question, oh, what about the shooting? Look at the end of the game tonight, right? Westbrook missed a shot. We watched Malik Monk put up an air ball. And then this one, Carmelo Anthony clearly with a big shot to tie the game potentially at the end, and Melo's going to do it because now he's a forever Laker. And, well, this is what happened with Melo's final shot. He's got it. No, he doesn't. Instead, it throws it away. chances it seems they threw it right into the hands of Melo who couldn't knock it down I mean how many opportunities are the Lakers gonna get Bill McDonald on the call there very nice to Melo oh he just couldn't knock it down no he put up an air ball too it was an air ball from Melo it was a bad end of the game the Lakers had chances but who's gonna take two of these shots when he comes back LeBron all right, so everybody just calm down. It's game five. If if one of those shots goes tonight, it's a different story. And Russell Westbrook has a big night coming back to Oklahoma City as a member of the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be fine. As long as they run that team that way, the offense through Westbrook, let LeBron come back and be the guy to adjust his game. He's the guy to do it. There's a reason why he's the best player of the last 30 years, right? He went from being the best forward to what top two point guard because, hey, you know, I don't want to bring the ball up and lead the 
the league in assists. Okay, so LeBron can be that guy then to adjust his game. Westbrook is just too stubborn. He does things one way, right? I know it's weird to say, LeBron, you have to change because the other guy can't, but you're trying to win a championship. So, yeah, we're going to let him do his thing, and you're going to be the amoeba, and you're going to move around and fill in and play how you need to, and that's how it's got to be because that's how we're going to win games. And really, Westbrook's going to take some of the onus off of you and, and AD, so you're not playing as many heavy minutes on a lot of nights. So that's how that's the best way going forward. As long as the Lakers do that, they're going to be okay. LeBron will be back. He'll be the guy taking those shots. And you're adding him in, right? You're adding LeBron back. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, this. oh, they lost to the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, you're adding LeBron back in, right? That's kind of what it is. And everything is good. The Lakers will be just fine as long as they follow that strategy. It all, all comes back, though, to just for a second, the, um, well, the excellence of execution and game recognition, right? Down in distance in football, in basketball, where are you on the court and how much time is on the clock? Mello gets the steal with 10.9 seconds left. Plenty of time to take a dribble, settle himself, maybe pull up, find a, an open teammate with a, well, I mean, he had a really good look because, you know, he had the defender sliding back into the play. But all of that to uh, throw up an air ball is, is really impressive. And so uh, I'll give the Lakers broadcast a lot of credit here because, I mean, there was an opportunity or more two uh, for an F-bomb to flow. I'll tell you, this is a. It is going to be a. Well, well, situation with a lot with a lot of f bombs. Uh, it is going to be difficult for a little bit, right? I'm I'm, I'm fully I'm fully no, with you. No, that's it. it no, but you weren't difficult. expecting Rome to be built in a day. No, no, no. It's going to take 15 games, right? 15. They'll be around 500, and right around the 15 game mark, you'll start to see a little bit of separation, a little bit more getting it. Because look, clearly Westbrook and AD already work well together. There's not been a you know the last two games without LeBron. AD has had big nights. He's had good nights shooting the basketball. Oh, yeah. He's been there. That's worse. So already that works. Already well, sure, because Westbrook that works. gets to do what he wants to. To do right already already that and ad does not so so okay now now lebron comes in and if that takes 10 games or so all right it takes 10 games or so i'm all right with it yeah i, I think ultimately you know as as we discussed for years it's the what's the next evolution of how lebron james approaches the offensive side of things look defensively you know we talked with dan Wojcik last hour he, he flat out said it's like they, they're terrible Right, there's no mincing words. Defensively, they're they're awful, and and Frank Vogel, you know, has his greatest test ever as a defensive-minded coach. But when we look at the offense and LeBron James of trying to figure out, right, if he wants to match Tom Brady year for year of longevity and playing and and hanging around and being effective deep into seasons without extra wear and tear, right? I joke about, you know, you know, not to belabor the the point of child's athletic, children's athletic, but the idea that you take a LeBron minute whenever you can, right? The Rick Buecher metric of, all right, he was on the court for 35, but, mm-hmm. but four of those were kind of standing around. <laughs> same, same thing here is uh, if you're going to go into the offense and you're going to let Russell Westbrook, you know, run the show, then that means you can get down in the low post, not necessarily hanging and banging, brother, uh, the same way you would in the low post against Patrick Ewing and, and company and Akeem and all those all those years ago. But now the, the opportunity to steal a few seconds and rely on your improved jump shooting 
to to keep the offense humming and again to reduce the wear and tear the hits as you drive the lane all of those kind of things so perhaps that that would be my uh note into the suggestion box as it were to try to extend things but uh what what do i know i'm just a loud mouth on the radio and i'm right be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific i'm diosa and i'm mala we are the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novella which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast welcome to locatora radio season nine love, love at first, first listen. listen we're older we're wiser and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives this season we're falling in love with podcasting all over again and getting to the heart of our stories we're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us with new segments correspondence and a brand new sound Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.